This is The Switch, finding solutions to support sustainable living and combat climate change at the individual level. Brought to you by the Fur Bearers. I'm Mike Howie, and I'm here with Kemp Edwards of Econic Apparel, Ethical Profiling, and Vertigro, as well as a few other businesses, I think. Thank you for joining us, Kemp. It's my pleasure to be here, Michael. Thank you. So today we're going to talk very briefly about fair trade materials and fashion. It's not something that we necessarily put together that often, uh, but like many, I have seen a little fair trade logo on various products for many years and figure it's better to buy that. But I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about what fair trade means, uh, as well as what it means in other sectors beyond what maybe we're used to seeing. Sure. I mean, the products that we probably see most, the most fair trade certifications in are chocolate, coffee, and bananas, I think. Um, they're usually foodstuffs. It really has to do with um, the growing and the treatments of the people who are doing the growing and the picking. Um, in foodstuffs especially, it's a little bit more complicated when it comes to apparel because there are so many different channels of it. You know, we aren't just, let's say for instance, cotton, if it's fair trade cotton, it's not just the grower, but you've then got ginning, spinning, dyeing, cotton. So all of those other areas of business before you have a finished product in your hand. So there is, I would say, you know, you can, of course, just buy fair trade certified cotton on its own. Um, but what I would like to support and, and endorse and what we do in some products that we're now working with is to support the entire supply chain of fair trade in and around the apparel industry. And that means, as I said, the grower um, you know, the growers and the pickers themselves, if it's fair trade and ideally organic, then it means that they're in a safer environment. They're not working with pesticides and herbicides that are shown to be carcinogenic. Um, they're getting paid or, or for their work or for their um, product a fair wage. Um, and as close as possible to what we're now, you know, determining as the living wage um, required for a certain area, then uh, and that also provides us uh, uh, additional eyes or certifications to show that that product is grown in the conditions that it truly is and is being traded for in the conditions that it truly is. So it helps eliminate some of the greenwash or per perhaps some of the, you know, shiftiness that can happen in, uh, in, in raw material purchasing. Yeah. Then it goes uh, to ginning and spinning, uh, making sure that those people are, played, are paid properly um, and uh, have the right working conditions. So that freedom of assembly, um, that freedom of association, you know, the anti-child labor laws, all of those sorts of stuff happening at that different stage. And then into CMT, which is cut, make and trim. That's where um, items or fabrics are cut and then sewn into their finished element uh, before embellishment or packaging or whatever that happens to be printing and embroidery and that sort of thing. If you can support a fair trade supply chain, that is the penultimate, I think, in the fair trade apparel space. Um, there is a difference between the standards of fair trade Canada, fair trade international, and fair trade USA, um, which is why you'll find some slightly different markings of what that fair trade certification looks like. And sometimes you'll see an item that has a fair trade logo and it says, you know, fair trade, and then there's cotton on it. And that might just mean that the cotton used in that program is fair trade cotton, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, spun and dyed and, and sewn in a facility that's fair trade certified. Now we'll sometimes do that because we'll buy fair trade cotton and then we'll bring it 
into Canada and we'll do it under our own uh, production facility here. It has all of the markings to be fair trade certified, but we don't, uh, we don't need that same sort of certification in Canada because a lot of the, the general requirements, municipal, federal requirements of you know, paying the, the right wages, not using child labor, that's baked right into how we do business here. We already have other standards for ethical uh, business in Canada and in manufacturing. But when we're working overseas on a project, let's say in India, um, to build a finished product that is fair trade certified, we require the entire supply chain audit to be fair trade certified. Not everybody does. I'm not saying that it has to be that route. Any step in the right direction is a good step, but I would love to see it go all that direct, a full supply chain audit is the ideal. How would someone find out how well a company, be it a, a clothing manufacturer or another one, is, uh, for the lack of a better term, playing by those rules, like honoring some of the better practices and taking those steps forward? Is it just the little logo on a thing or is it the kind of thing where we need to go online and ask some questions? Probably a little bit of both. I mean, I, I would say that fair, my experience of working with Fairtrade Canada and Fairtrade International is is they're really diligent about how their logo and how their label is used. They do a really good job of policing that. Mm -hmm. You can't just put it on an item that isn't fair trade certified. Um, so I would say that for that particular um, certification, it's one that you generally can trust when you see it on something. Um, it's true. Uh, I would say that a lot of companies have certain items that have that marking that are fair trade certified, and then they have other items in their collection that aren't. Now, normally, I would say the companies that lean towards making any of their items fair trade certified are probably following a minimum standard for social and environmental compliance on the other products that they're making, even if they're not fair trade certified. I would say that Econic, my brand, is an example of that. You know. Our focus has always been on domestic manufacturing, not on fair trade certification. So we're just new to the game in terms of saying, hey, if we're going to make a bag or a, a flannel shirt or something like that, that's that we can't make here because we don't have the manufacturing for it. Let's bring in one that supports something that we believe in and let's make that fair trade certified and let's make it organic cotton. Um, so I would say that, yes, it's good to do your background research, but if you're seeing a brand that's at all supporting fair trade, you're probably in the right place if you're looking for ethical manufacturing. I imagine a lot of folks are going to want to choose fair trade when possible, but sometimes we'll go to a store and that's not obvious or it's not necessarily a location we can get to. I should say there aren't necessarily retail outlets around us that will fo feature these products. Is there a way if you live in a smaller town or you just happen to be in a community where you're not seeing that kind of product, you can seek it out, uh, perhaps online or talk. Is there a way to talk to uh, uh, suppliers in your area about encouraging some fair trade products? For sure, there's there's online blogs and resources that will let you find, you know, third party audited and, and ethical sources for apparel and all sorts of other products. I would say there's, you know, now mm -hmm. new ethical marketplaces, you know, different from 
sort of the giants like Amazon or something like that, where their focus is purely on supporting and promoting ethical brands that are doing either fair trade certification or maybe a blue sign certification or something of that sort. So for sure, you can do some research into that space. Um, there are a lot of brands out there that their whole raison d'etre is just to do something, to push the envelope, to do something that's more ethical, more sustainable. And without digging too deep, you can quickly find who those are and then, you know, start following them on their Instagram pages, find out who they're talking about, mm -hmm. find out about other brands that they collab with, you know, get into that community. Once you get deeply into that community, everything else goes gray and that's the only thing in vibrant color. Um, it's the only channel that you're listening to and for better or for worse how the you know internet bots work, it's what you'll be marketed sort of moving forward into the future. As you look in, in your you know your search engine, it will offer you other brands that are similar or you know other products that are ethical because the you know it, it knows that that's basically what you're looking for awesome and as someone who didn't know that fair trade clothing was a thing until today i'm very thankful for that and uh, i will be looking in hamilton myself for a couple of shops and a couple of products that i might like that are going to hit those standards that are better for people and the environment uh so kemp thank you so much for joining us and we will have links to your websites and your linkedin and all of the different amazing businesses you're running ethically and sustainably right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Michael. Want to learn more about this week's episode and how your choices can benefit wildlife and their habitat? View the show notes in your app or visit DefenderRadio.com. To learn more about the fur bearers, visit TheFurBearers.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow host Michael Howie on social media with at Howie Michael on Instagram or Defender Radio Podcast on Facebook. Subscribe or follow Defender Radio to get notified about new episodes of The Switch and Defender Radio right on your smart device. Thanks for listening.